N60 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. 55.2, three batting titles, six-time All-Star, three gold gloves. Called strike three inside corner heat. Does the trick. Eight strikeouts for Lucas. Connor. Lefties are hitting 321 against that cutter. Next pitch, and that's a shot that's hit to dead center field, and that one is a line drive home run. It is out of here. Shohei Otani with home run number 36 of the season. He's had 11 of them in his last 21 games, and that swing of the bat ties things up quickly. It's 1-1. And the payoff delivery, and he got him looking, and that is how the inning will end. So Shohei strikes out a pair on called third strikes here in the bottom of the fourth. 2-2 on Tyler O'Neill. Left field, and this is going to clear the bases. It's a five-run St. Louis ninth. We started calling it to pulling a Goldie. Pulling a Goldie. Going from 0-2 to 3-2. Oh, he crushed a fastball deep to center field. Paul Goldschmidt is back in town in a big way. He fought him off and fought him off and fought him off. Finally got his fastball, and he did not miss it. Arenado hot as ever as we begin this series. 12 hits, 12 RBIs during a seven-game hit streak. And there it goes. Nolan Arenado gone. Making an eight-game hitting streak. And it's 5-2 St. Louis. Goldie and Arenado have homered. Barkley muscling forward. Barkley, what an effort, and he is in. Touchdown, New York. Diaz running again, coming back. Yelich bounces one to right. It's a base hit. Perkins around third. Here he comes, he'll score. And the Brewers win. On a base hit by Christian Yelich. Driving in Blake Perkins to win it. 3-2 and they're chasing Yelich. And it couldn't be any better. But a single here would do it. The 0-2. And that is lined in a right field. A base hit. Tucker gets the way from Gary Pettis around third. Throw to the plate by Jankowski's cut off. The relay. Not in time. Astros win it. Yiner Diaz lines one to right field. And the Astros celebrate around second base. Bobby Diaz. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, July 25th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, the Diamondbacks, should they offer some of their youth? 
for Lucas Giolito. Meanwhile, the Angels, should they trade Shohei Otani? The Diamondbacks, why can't they solve why can't they solve their bullpen issues? The St. Louis Cardinals, do they need to try to convince uh, Paul Goldschmidt and or Nolan Arenado to waive their no trade clauses? Saquon Barkley, does his reporting to camp change your mind about the 2023 Giants? The Brewers, why have they dominated the Reds? The Astros, will they catch the Rangers? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday and moments we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. At 9.15, we'll have an MLB trade deadline preview, the deadline one week from today. Zach Kreiser will join us from Yahoo Sports. 9.30 will be interactive action at 602, 260-1060, and also the local roundup, including some Diamondbacks and Cardinals analysis for Monday night. Once again, uh, not a good night for the Diamondbacks. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone today will be the National Roundup, top by from the scoreboard. And that will start with a uh, little Reds and Brewers from last night and also Astros and Rangers from last night. Right now, on the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, should the Diamondbacks offer some of their young talent to the White Sox for Lucas Giolito? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Corey, what's up and what's uh, the early returns? Right here, the vote is actually tied to split 50-50 right here on KDUS1060.com. Okay. Uh, the Diamondbacks and Dodgers among the teams reportedly making inquiries to the White Sox about Giolito. I'm sure there are others, but that's uh, those are two of the teams uh, most recently reported, uh, at least checking in on his availability from the White Sox. Today's Twitter poll question, should the Angels trade Shohei Otani? And Corey, what's going on here? Leading right now is yes, 68.4% of the vote there. No at 31.6% of the vote on KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter. The Angels' recent hot streak, that kind of in quotes here, I'm doing the air quotes, trust me, as we speak here. Air quotes always effective when you're doing a radio show. Uh, but that's why I explained I'm doing the air quotes. Anyway, the recent hot streak has seemingly quiet some of the Otani speculation uh, before Monday when it was reported the Diamondbacks and the Orioles amongst the teams that have made inquiries up to the Angels about Mr. Otani. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks bullpen did it again. Andrew Chafin, a curious ninth-inning choice by Torrey Lovello. Well, Chafin allowed five runs in the ninth inning, and the Diamondbacks lost for the 13th time in 17 games last night. Why can't the Diamondbacks solve their bullpen issues, which has been a problem for several seasons. Meanwhile, the Cardinals are one of the teams almost guaranteed to deal multiple veterans, uh, even though it seems that Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado with no trade clauses are unlikely to be dealt. So should the Cardinals try to convince uh, either Goldschmidt or and or Arenado to waive their no trade clauses? 
Meanwhile, on uh, spanning the globe, this was going to be an all-baseball pipeline until this last night and early this morning. The Giants and Saquon Barkley stalemate uh, is over for now. Barkley will report to uh, camp after he agreed to terms on what's being kind of called, at least in some of the New York media outlets, a compromise one-year deal up to $11 million. Does the Saquon Barkley reportedly now going to training camp change your mind, uh, change your opinion, uh, let's say, of the 2023 New York Giants? Meanwhile, Milwaukee, back to baseball, continues to dominate Cincinnati. Christian Yelich, who's an NL MVP candidate, well, I shouldn't say that because there's only one out NL MVP candidate. That's Ronald Acuna. But Yelich has a chance to be second in the voting. He's been really good, and the Brewers are winning the division. And Yelich last night delivered the ninth inning walk-off as the Brewers won for the ninth time in 11 meetings this season against the Reds. So what's the biggest reason the Brewers have actually dominated the Reds this season, including six of seven wins this month when they played against their division rivals. Meanwhile, defending champion Astros, they beat the first-place Rangers again. The Astros, still without Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, they still scored 10 runs last night to win for the sixth time in eight meetings this season against their in-state rivals. Will the Rangers hold off the Astros in the AL West? The currently first-place Rangers. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, where you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by MLB trade discussion, trade deadline discussion, the trade deadline one week from today. Uh, we'll preview with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup, topped by yet another Diamondbacks bullpen implosion last night in the ninth inning. This time, Diamondbacks have uh, played 10 games since the All-Star break, and the bullpen has contributed You've really been poor in nine of those games, which is almost impossible. They had one good game, and that's about it so far, bullpen-wise, for since uh, since the All-Star break. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two.
Welcome back to the Sports Zone. A little Volunteers of America thing here with Jefferson Airplane back from 1967, I think it was. Anyway, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kesslux HD2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Who might be volunteering for new jobs next week uh, in Major League Baseball? The trade deadline one week from today. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports by Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. Zach, always good to have you. Let, let's start with uh, the biggest name out there. Um, you know, and it might be really, quote, out there. Uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, and the Angels, do you think that they will deal him? And should they deal him? And that could be certainly two different answers. Yeah, I have been joking on my podcast that uh, the meter on this goes back and forth by the day. I mean, about a week ago, I would have said, yes, he's he's being traded. They're, they're going to be so out of it that they they need to move on and make sure they get more than just, say, a draft pick if he leaves in free agency. Now, thanks to the Yankees, the Angels are pretty in the race. Uh, I, I just saw uh, a reference that they're closer right now to the playoff race than they have been at this point at any other season of his career. Uh, so that leads me to think that they're going to hold on to him. I think the you know, this could change three times in the next week by the deadline. But right now, I think the Angels are probably positioning themselves to stick with Otani and try to make the, the breakthrough run to October and try to convince him to stay. I don't know how likely the convincing him to stay beyond this year is, but do I think he's going to be there on August 2nd? Right now, I think I do. Okay, let's kind of just have some fun here and say that he's not. Uh, the Diamondbacks and Orioles are amongst the teams reportedly have inquired about Otani. The Diamondbacks and Orioles have many top prospects. How much of those uh, top prospects should they be willing to give up for Otani for likely just two months? It's a really tricky threshold. Uh, I, I wrote a column about this, actually. I don't think... As much as it would be really fun for the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, I've seen the Tampa Bay Rays connected to Shohei Otani, uh, as fun as it would be for one of those kind of up-and-coming or really good and kind of younger teams to go get him and add him for the stretch run, I think it's tough to justify giving up the prospect hall that would be necessary. We're, we're talking at least two top 100 prospects or uh, a young major league player who's already useful and a top 50 prospect, something in there to get Otani, and I think it makes a lot more sense if you believe you are auditioning to sign him. Uh, there's been a lot of references to the fact that his routine is really important to him, and he obviously has things he needs to do to perform as he does in this totally unprecedented way. And I think if he does move at the trade deadline, the team that he goes to could really – convince him that he should stay there long term by accommodating him or maybe even improving on the ways the angels helped him succeed uh and that begins to have less value if you're uh the orioles or the diamondbacks and probably don't have the financial oomph or or at least have not previously shown a willingness to have the financial oomph to sign him long term so 
It would be it would be harder for me to justify that than if I were, say, the Dodgers or the Giants and are really committed to giving him $600 million this winter. All right, the Diamondbacks also interested to be rumored in uh, White Sox pitcher Lucas Giolito, along with seemingly about half of baseball interested in him, including his hometown Dodgers. Uh, you know, what should the White Sox be doing before next uh, Tuesday's deadline? They've got lots of names that are uh, been mentioned as possible trade candidates. Yeah, I think I might be on the more pessimistic side on the White Sox than like the White Sox themselves. Uh, very clearly, they're they're going to deal away some rental players like Lucas Giolito. I would expect Lance Lynn to be on the way out. Uh, I'm sure they're going to talk to a lot of teams about a lot of relief pitchers. Uh, I could see an argument, especially with this trade deadline shaping up as uh, one pretty short on sellers. There's about 20 teams who could convince themselves they're contending right now. Uh, the White Sox, I think should at least consider moving Dylan Cease also. Uh, last year's Cy Young runner-up has not been as good this year, but I, I think you could make a pretty good case that if the Padres are committed to holding on to Blake Snell, which as of right now sounds like they are, I think you could make a case that Dylan Cease is either the best or second best starting pitcher available uh, at this deadline if the White Sox made him available. So uh, I'd be interested in seeing them go a little bit further even than maybe they are thinking about. Uh, Luis Robert is obviously the best player on that team, and he's signed to a very efficient deal through 2026. So I'd be, uh, and I think there are club options beyond that, so I'd be interested in them going a little bit harder to try to put a winning team around him, which, which right now they do not seem to have anything in the pipeline there. Okay, let's kind of do a little swing through the National League West. We talked about the Diamondbacks for a moment, and I mentioned the Dodgers. So back to the Dodgers. Yeah, what uh, do you think they might do before the deadline? I am sure that the Dodgers will be the most persistent caller on Shohei Otani, for one. Uh, but we, we've seen reports that Angels owner Artie Moreno does not want to move Otani to the Dodgers, which fine, regional rivalry there but uh beyond that the obvious thing they need to do is just shore up some pitching they've had a lot of pitching injuries and some of the younger pitchers they've brought up haven't established themselves fully yet which probably uh, a part of that is just there's been so many of them that it's been kind of a a rough stretch to try to get people uh worked in but I would expect them to go get a starter whether it's Giolito or uh, the Cardinals Jordan Montgomery something like that and uh, they could they could use some reinforcements uh, with the bats too. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Will Smith have been really carrying this team, and the younger hitters have also sort of struggled to to establish themselves, which is not something we usually say about the Dodgers. But I think at least for the second half of this year, I'd expect them to make some additions. Uh, a Heimer Candelario or a Lane Thomas from the Nationals might make sense for them. They've obviously dealt with the Nationals recently. Uh, I'm sure the Nationals would love to take another crack at the Dodgers farm system. So I, I could see pretty much any addition for the Dodgers, uh, and especially surging back to the top of the NL West recently. I, I think you'll see at least one or two additions on both sides of the ball, honestly. Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports, currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to the Giants. Uh, reportedly showing interest in Justin Verlander. 
what do they need to do to pull that off, or is that just something that's not going to be able to be pulled off because Verlander stays in New York? I think it's mostly, yeah, they need to convince Justin Verlander that for some reason he does not like New York City. Uh, it, it seems like Verlander and the Mets are kind of leaning away from making a dramatic move this summer. I think the Mets might be more likely to consider moving Scherzer than Verlander, but uh, I, I don't foresee Verlander moving. But the Giants, if they really made a great offer, they, they do have a farm system that could make a good offer for this. The question is just whether Verlander is willing to uproot his life again very shortly after signing for the Mets or whether he wants to run it back in 2024, anticipating things will be better. Uh, I, I think he will will come back to New York and not move this, this summer, but the Giants do have a good track record of helping veteran pitchers get the best out of themselves, so uh, if they make a case in that way somehow, that, that would be the, the best path for them, I'd imagine. All right, the Padres. You mentioned Blake Snell. There's stuff out there. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Josh Hader is a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, should they trade them, and what would be good landing spots for them? It's a really fascinating situation. Uh, the Padres definitely seem like they are still trying to bridge that gap and claw back to a wild card this year, but you know, the Brewers, who traded Josh Hader at last year's deadline to the Padres, tried pretty much the maneuver that the Padres would be trying if they traded Hader this year, which is trade a closer in hopes of filling in the rest of the team to to go to the playoffs, and it did not work for the Brewers. I think the Padres might have a slightly better chance of making it work, uh, especially if they, they move Hayter, who they could potentially backfill a little bit with other relievers. Snell, I think Snell is a real pull-the-ripcord, we-are-not-competing-this-year move. Uh, I, I could see it getting that far, but... Blake Snell would be, in my opinion, the best starter available if uh, they made him available. He's been unbelievable since May. I, I think he still has the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball right now. He's striking out the world. They could probably get a very significant return uh, on the rental scale for Blake Snell, but I don't know that there's an easy way to get that return and also backfill the starting rotation enough to continue competing this year. So. I could see hate, trading Hater being the middle ground, but if they move on and trade Snell, I, I think that's kind of a punt to 2024. Okay, away from the NL West here, the Reds lost again to the Brewers last night. They need pitching. What? Uh, yeah, should they? They have an abundance of young players. Should they deal some of those guys for pitching? It's interesting. I've seen a lot of the rumors revolve around Jonathan India, the, the second baseman who won Rookie of the Year a few years ago, and he seems to sort of be the leader of this team. Uh, he's always out in the postgame interviews. The young players seem to look up to him, and obviously he's a fairly young player himself, but most of the Reds roster came up like last month, and India's been up for a few years. So it's an interesting question because there isn't an obvious place for him in the infield in future seasons and he's not the best defender so he would make some more sense for teams that have a more pressing need at second or possibly at dh than the reds who have a lot of really good hitters uh that seems to be what they would like to do is trade jonathan india for controllable starting pitching for uh with at least another year of service so that they can 
kind of have someone who can roll with this team both this year and also into probably an even better season next year. Uh, I think it could also make sense if they feel that trading India would be a morale detriment or a kind of leave a void in the clubhouse. They still have duplication of several positions in the minor leagues. You know, they could make a choice on Noel V. Marte versus Christian Encarnacion Strand. They could go further down their list and try to make some smaller moves that uh, accentuate the starting rotation without making a huge splash. I, I think the Reds are in a pretty nice position because they have a lot of young talent, and honestly, pretty much whatever they do this year, this season is going to come out a win because of how far they have come, how quickly. The Cardinals, uh, obviously, they're publicly looking to sell. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery. Uh, you know, who should they trade? Is there any way they could actually talk Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado into waiving their no trade clauses? Uh, well, I don't have any personal information about this, but I have seen a couple little reports start to pop up that uh, if the Dodgers were interested in Nolan Arenado, uh, who's from the L.A. area, that that maybe he would approve that one. Uh, so. That really seems to be the only one I could envision where one of those two guys moves. But I think the Cardinals are pretty focused on winning in 2024. So I would anticipate they trade all of the rental starting pitching and maybe some relief pitching to try to get younger pitchers. Uh, They seem to have acknowledged the philosophical problem they've had. in the pitching department where they do not go for nearly enough strikeouts and playing the contact just is, is not what smart teams are doing now. So they're going to try to fix that. And I anticipate they will also trade someone from their glut of kind of outfield DH position prospects or young players. I think Lars Newfar, Jordan Walker, you know, they're, Staying and pretty much anyone else, I, I would anticipate North Nolan Gorman is staying. Pretty much anyone else on the position player front beyond Arenado and Goldschmidt, I would say, is going to be open to, to going somewhere. Uh, they'll probably only trade one, maybe two, but it, it, whoever they get the best offer from out of that group, I, I think Tyler O'Neill would be a good candidate for a change of scenery. You mentioned Nolan Gorman. He's from here. So is Cody Bellinger. He's been hot in July. What do the Cubs do with him and others? Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know speculation the Cubs might be sellers here. Yeah, I anticipate the Cubs will sell. I, I think they have a pretty good opportunity. You know, it, it's not the one they came into the season hoping for, but I think they have a good opportunity with Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger to kind of reload that team and maybe get a little bit closer to actually contending uh, either next year or, or down the line. So. Strowman can opt out, and based on how good of a season he's having, you would anticipate he will, and Cody Bellinger will be a free agent. So those players are going to be on the move, I would think. Uh, Bellinger has been doing it a little differently than he did back in his best days with L.A., but the numbers have been a bounce back. He's striking out far less. He's making some power uh, just in a different way he's really lifting and pulling the ball instead of just blasting it all field so i don't know that that bodes well for his long-term contract but for the rest of this season i'd feel pretty good about cody bellinger and i think he's probably the best position player non-otani category 
that's going to move at the deadline, I would uh, I would be I would not be surprised if there's a pretty big bidding war, especially for Bellinger. Talking trade deadline, which is a week from today, with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. The Pirates, that hot start to the season, that was a really, really long time ago. Uh, yeah, how much could they get in return if they actually dealt closer David Bednar? He would be a big piece on this market, especially if Josh Hader isn't going anywhere. I'm still pretty skeptical they're going to move him. He's a uh, hometown kid from Pittsburgh. He's been really good, and I don't think there's any reason to think he wouldn't still be really good when that team is ready to compete, either next year or maybe more likely in 2025. But I I think they would get a really nice return if they did actually decide to pull the trigger and move him. You're you're probably looking at, uh, you know, something. It's a little hard to gauge the specifics because of the number of years and the other pieces in the deal. But, you know, the Brewers did a really nice job with the Josh Hader return last year, which ended up helping them flip Estery Ruiz for William Contreras and also gave them a couple new pieces in the bullpen. So I it would be something to that effect. You know, they'd be looking at multiple pieces and perhaps one really good one. All right, last up, the uh, second place, the now second place Rays. They obviously need some starting pitching. They've had massive injuries in their rotation. Also, their previous hot offense has actually been baseball's absolute worst offense in July. What should Tampa do before next week? They're a really really interesting case because I think they still have one of the best shots at the World Series of any team in baseball, but they probably need a little bit of a refresh. Uh, They're not going to be trading away key pieces, but they have a lot of depth at the position player side and a lot of depth of position players who are pretty much ready to compete for jobs in the majors right now. So I would anticipate them trading some guys who maybe you haven't heard a lot about but would be starting or at least getting looks for a lot of other teams. And going after a fairly big fish. I, I mean, I could see them going after Bellinger. I could see them making some swaps with the Washington Nationals for one of their position players. And, you know, we've heard they are at least calling about Otani to see if that's uh, a possibility for a rental. But I, I think it's clear to me that the, the Rays are going to try to make a splash, whether there's enough position player depth on this trade market to really do that. I'm not sure. The other thing they can do is add some pitching. They're usually very creative about that, and they've got some question marks in the rotation. So I would anticipate they add pitching, but not in a super splashy way because they are good at getting the best out of those. I'd be the most interested in the Rays if they really went out and found a, a big hitter that they could go target. Zach, this has been great. What, what do we have planned at uh, Yahoo for the next few days before the trade deadline? I'm working on a piece right now about the five bubble teams to watch uh, ahead of the deadline who will kind of make this either a quiet deadline or a big, loud deadline. So that'll be out later today. And then uh, you can listen to the Bandwagon podcast that's out uh, talking about the best trade ships. And next week we will do a roundup of what happened. Great stuff, Zach. Thank you very much. Always appreciate it. Thank you. 
Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. Excellent stuff there. I didn't have time. You know, we could have done like two segments. I almost did two segments anyway uh, with Zach. But uh, great stuff from Zach and read all this stuff, and uh, including that story today. I'm going to read that story today this afternoon. After I go to lunch, I'm going to come back. That's going to be like the first thing I do is read about the, the bubble teams in the trade deadline. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup, including the latest Diamondbacks meltdown from last night against the Cardinals, the bullpen meltdown in the ninth inning. And it wasn't exactly like it was a great uh, you know performance from a couple of other things regarding the Diamondbacks last night, including Ryan Nelson, the starter, who's just been terrible, and I mean terrible, at home this season. We talked about that last week when he was actually performing well on the road. So his numbers, not much better, even after last night. So we'll get into that a little bit in the next segment. Feel free to interrupt. General discussion, 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. you got to really hustle up if you get in right now. We'll get you on for a couple of minutes in this segment, 602-260-1060. A little apologies. I uh, went too long with Zach there, but Zach's great, and I wanted to make sure I get as much out of him as I could possibly get in one segment, so we did. So once again, if you want to get in, like I said, real quick, 602-260-1060. On to today's local round that the Diamondbacks bullpen imploded again. Torrey Lovello, after the Diamondbacks managed uh, back uh, to battle back and get a 6-5 lead entering the ninth inning, I think that Lovello, and I've rarely been critical of Lovello, especially in-game managerial decisions, I thought he made a curious choice last night. Starting the ninth inning with Andrew Chafin, you have to take my word for it. I thought it was curious before the inning even started, as soon as I saw Chafin warming up in the eighth. And Kevin Ginkle, not in there. Ginkle saved both wins on the road trip. Uh, Chafin was torched. Gave up five runs on three hits and two walks. Um, Ginkle, who did allow a three-run double, uh, gave up the all three inherited runners scored. Ginkle finished the season after Chafin basically surrendered the lead. Uh, so we actually gave up, uh, you know, that was uh, not a good situation, needless to say. Uh, the result was a 10-6 final. The Cardinals win. That's the Diamondbacks' 13th loss in their last 17 games. Jordan Hicks, a reliever mentioned in Diamondbacks trade rumors, got the final three outs in the bottom of the ninth inning for the Cardinals. Statistically speaking, Ryan Nelson continues to pitch poorly at home. Last night, Nelson allowed five runs on eight hits and three walks. It's amazing he only gave up five runs, quite frankly. He only struck out one last night in six innings. Nelson on the season in 10 starts at Chase Field has an 8-0-1 run average. He has allowed an astronomical number of hits, 73 hits in 48 innings at home and 10 home runs at Chase Field this season. Home run number 10 last night was to former Diamondback Paul Goldschmidt, who uh, also in the ninth inning had a uh, key single off at Genkel to score a run. 
Also on the uh, Cardinal side of things, veteran Adam Wainwright uh, came off the injured list. He allowed just two runs in five innings. He was in line for career win number 199 uh, until the Cardinals' bullpen blew a lead for the 32nd time this season that the Cardinals' bullpen has blown a lead. Personnel news, Merrill Kelly expected to come off the injured list and start tonight for the Diamondbacks. The Cardinals expected to uh, counter with former Mets phenom Steven Matz, who's been bad this season for St. Louis, 1-7 with a 4.67 run average. Kelly, who is 9-4 with a 3.22 run average, has been on the injured list with a blood clot in his calf. Uh, he last pitched June 24th at San Francisco when he allowed seven runs in five innings and was a losing pitcher in that game. Uh, the Cardinals-Diamondback series, the three-game series, concludes tomorrow afternoon. Uh, the scheduled pitching matchup is former Cardinal Zach Gallen, 11-4 and with a 318 run average against uh, the uh, rumored-to-be-traded Jack Flaherty, who has been either really good or not really good, in fact, sometimes really bad, so far this season, 7-6 and six with a 439 run average. Yesterday, the Dodgers began a series of 16 of 21 games at home, but they lost in extra innings to the Blue Jays. Meanwhile, the Giants lose again. Uh, the Giants uh, just got swept in uh, Washington by the uh, Nationals over the weekend. They had a one-game, a one-day makeup game in tr- Detroit yesterday, and they also lost that game as uh, Tarek Skubal, who's got a Kingman background. I don't remember if he went to Kingman High School or not, but he has a Kingman, Arizona background. Uh, he struck out nine and got uh, his first victory in more than a year. He's had lots of injury issues and has been out until like in the last ooh, three or four weeks. Uh, but the Giants lose yet again. Uh, the Giants begin a nine-game homestand tonight after their 10-game road trip. They begin a nine-game homestand tonight against Oakland. I think this is the last time that Oakland and San Francisco scheduled to play. And considering Oakland may not be in Oakland starting next year, this could be a historic next couple of days in the Bay Area with those teams squaring off. So the Dodgers still five up on the Diamondbacks and five up on the Giants in the National League West at this point. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That'll include from the MLB scoreboard. We'll start off with the Reds and the Brewers and uh, time pending. Get a little bit into the Astros and the Rangers from last night in the state of Texas, deep in the heart of Texas, as they say, even though... I don't know if Houston is kind of, you know, everything's deep in the heart of Texas, right? Uh, except for, I guess, El Paso. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, if you're listening at El Paso, first up, God bless you. Secondly, I, you know, I, I've often said that that's like the worst city I've ever been to. Uh, so get the hell out of El Paso if you're living in El Paso. All right, so we'll get to all that. Who knows what else in the final segment of the National Roundup of today's sports zone right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7.
Okay, I'm going to hustle this up a little bit. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, a Major League Baseball trade deadline discussion, a trade deadline one week from today. We talk with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. Zach uh, and his staff and will have tons of stuff, uh, so check out Yahoo Sports before the trade deadline, including Zach's story coming out this afternoon about uh, teams on the bubble as far as the trade deadline goes. Also, sound day courtesy of WMVP, KLAA, Major League Baseball, also Fox, WTMJ, and KBME. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on to the Major League Baseball scoreboard from last night. We're going to center on a couple of games here. The Brewers continue to beat the Reds. Christian Yelich, a game-winning single last night, walk-off single. Um, he's been uh, un- he's really had a tremendous season this year. Uh, he's stolen over 20 bases. He plays a really good left field. He's not hitting home runs like he used to, but that's, don't have the juice ball anymore, uh, and so forth. He's been really good. And if the Brewers win the division, you think you make a pretty good case that he should be second in the MVP voting behind only Ronald Acuna. Uh, despite going two for 16 with runners in scoring position uh, in this game last night, the first place Brewers now one and a half games ahead of the Reds. The Reds had won five straight, but this month has been a disaster for the Reds. This is the third series that they have played against the Brewers, and the Brewers have dominated this series. In fact, the season series now that the you know we only have two games left, they're done playing each other this year. After tomorrow afternoon, to this point. Uh, the the uh, Brewers have won uh, ten of the uh, nine. Excuse me, nine of the ten games. I got it right this first time. Ten of the eleven games so far this season. Two to go uh, tonight. Andrew Abbott. It's a battle of aces tonight. Andrew Abbott five and two with a two ten earned run average against Corbin Burns, who is nine and five with a four forty nine earned run average. Uh, Burns has already beaten the Reds twice this month. This is the third series that they've had between those two teams this month. The biggest difference, uh, and I think the biggest uh, reason that the Brewers lead the Reds at this point, is the Brewers' attention to detail uh, under manager Craig Council. That is the biggest reason why they've been able to dominate the season series, and especially this month against the Reds, even with all their phenomenal prospects called up. Some of those phenomenal prospects are great athletes and have no idea how to play baseball at the major league level at this point. Uh, so the Astros, on the other hand, switching divisions here, uh, they are going away. Uh, Chase McCormick homered uh, and tied the game earlier, and then had a, ended up with a career high six runs batted in. He had the R, and then it was the RBI single by uh, Yaner Diaz with one out in the ninth inning, and the Astros walked off the Rangers last night, ten to nine. The victory moves uh, Houston within two games of the Astros. Of the uh, two games of the Rangers, I should say, uh, in the American League East, uh, and uh, you know, the Astros are going to get healthier. They said last night that Jordan Alvarez could return as early as today or at least Wednesday. Uh, Jose Altuve is taking batting practice, so he might be back here soon. Michael Brantley, who hasn't played since last season, could also return. 
Uh, the uh, the in addition to this, you know, the players are getting back from injury. The Astros expected to add some pitching at the trade deadline. One player is not going to be traded at the trade deadline for sure now is the Guardians. Uh, they moved Shane Bieber from the 60-day injured list, uh, from the 15-day injured list to the 60-day injured list. That means he's out until September the 10th at the earliest. I wouldn't be surprised if the Guardians are out of it, whether they, you know, if they would maybe just shut him down for the rest of the season. Also, the Braves traded for a pair of relief pitchers yesterday. They got Pierce Johnson yesterday while we were on doing this show. Uh, they got him from the Rockies, and they also later in the day got left-hander Tyler Hearn from the Rangers. So the Braves' bullpen, which is already second in earned run average in baseball, uh, added two relief pitchers. They've had some injuries in that bullpen along with their rotation so far this season. Uh, one other quick thing here as far as uh, college football goes, Duke did the right thing and extended uh, football coach Mike Oko's contract through the 2029 season. He led the Blue Devils to nine wins last season. He was the ACC Coach of the Year as a former defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Good timing by Duke to do this yesterday. The ACC media days uh, have started today. In fact, I've been watching uh, off and on here for the last couple of hours. Uh, and, uh, the uh, ACC media days today, tomorrow, and Thursday. And I assume they're in Charlotte, but I'm not 100% sure it's in Charlotte, but I'm pretty sure it is. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. We'll be back for a three-hour radio block of the usual routine here. Uh, tomorrow, starting with the Sports Zone at 9 a.m., we will preview the San Francisco 49ers with our longtime guest, Matt Mayoko. And we'll also, of course, have the Extra Point tomorrow, hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thank you very much for listening, and have a great rest of the day, everybody.